0: Welcome to The Creative Giant Show, where we go behind the scenes about what it means to live a life full of creative and professional success. Creative Giants are talented, renaissance souls with a compassion-fueled bias towards action. Now, here is your host, Charlie Gilkey.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Charlie Gilkey from Productive Flourishing. This is The Creative Giant Show. I'm really excited ...about our guest today. I'm excited about all of our guests, but this particular guest is one of my personal inspirations. She has been since 2008 or so. Um, Who we have on the show today is Glenda Watson Hyatt. Um, Glenda is a um, well-known blogger. She's written her own book. She's a motivational speaker. She's got a just brilliant wit and a perspective that is so um, humbling at the same time that it's inspiring. And oh... By the way, she has cerebral palsy, and so um, what we're going to be talking about today is her living her life um, as a creative giant, writing these blog posts, um, giving these motivational speeches, writing a book um, through the the set of adversity that she has. So I was introduced to her by Pam Slam way back in two thousand eight, and I've been following her along, and I just love every time I get to talk to her, and I'm um, I'm excited about this now. To make this work, because she um, she has cerebral palsy and it affects her muscle coordination, balance, and speech, we're going to have to use some technology to help her um, or help us have a conversation here. So um, sometimes um, she'll she'll speak in Glenda-esque. You'll hear that here in just a second. And other times we're going to actually have her, um, use her use the technology so that she can get um, sentences out that we all understand. So with that said... Um, we're both really excited about this. Um, Glenda, thank you so much for, for for being here today.
0: Hi Charlie, thank you for this opportunity. Let's do this.
1: <laughs> Let's totally do this. So, um, one of the things that, that makes me a little bit nervous about this particular um, podcast is because I really want to focus on Glenda's character, not her disability, right? Um, because one of the things that really um, inspires me about her is her tenacity, her humor, her wit, her, her creativity, um, but mostly her tenacity. Um, she's done a lot of things in her life. She's um, gone to college. She was, um, you know, even though there were some particular challenges, she was in mainstream school past, I believe, the seventh grade. Um, and um, she's married. She's a motivational speaker, Right. She lives a very, very full life, um, and just like any of the rest of the different interviewees and, and, and people on the show go. So, um, Glenda, give us an idea of really what you're working on now and what gets you really excited about it.
0: I am working on getting my motivational speak career going and sharing my message to go beyond your fears and go for it.
1: So, we've talked about this before, Glenda, um, in some of our conversations. Um, it's really fascinating that you're a motivational speaker. Um, it's fascinating that anyone is a motivational speaker um, when we start with. But what's fascinating about this is um, that you you had sort of a, a, a fork in the road that you can take. You could talk continually about, you know, the, the disabilities and, you know, just making awareness around people with disabilities and so on and so forth. Um, and that's kind of the obvious path is, is what we talked about. That's the obvious path. And then there's the non-obvious path of being a motivational speaker i'm really curious why did you choose the non-obvious path as opposed to the obvious path it what
0: is driving me right now too and more than my disability
1: (laughs) okay so that's what it is um listeners i have it i have an advantage on you here is that i'm i'm looking at glenda on skype and so i know what she means because we we've talked enough so um what she, what she said there was that she's really doing motivational speaking more because it's what's driving her, right? It's motivational speaking about go, moving beyond fears more because that's what's driving her right now than just continually wanting to talk about her disability and things like that. Is that pretty close, Glenda? Yeah. Yeah, good. Um, so I'm curious, what's the reaction that you've gotten from people um, from your motivational speeches?
0: Amazingly positive and encouraging, like I am meant to do this.
1: From what I've seen from you, you are, you know, you not, you are meant to do this. So the obvious and non-obvious. The obvious conversation we can have here is around, um, or the, you know, what I would ask anyone is what's challenging about being the motivational speaker, right? And there's the obvious challenge is, um, well, it's kind of challenging to do that with cerebral palsy, right? Um, and, and, you know, using the technology and so on and so forth, um, at the personal level, what's really challenging about it for you, aside from you know the the obvious challenges?
0: Seeing myself as a professional speaker.
1: Let's dive in a little bit more there. What's challenging about being a motivational speaker for you?
0: Because of the obvious, my significant speech impairment. <laughs> I don't fit the image of a professional speaker.
1: Well, you don't, right? You said it. You don't fit that, that, that normal role. And I think that's what's brilliant about what you're doing in the sense of... Um, there's a certain amount of stage presence and eloquent, and eloquence and ability to just sort of roll with speech and things like that, which obviously um, are, are, are kind of outside your, your ability set. Um, so how do you, uh, besides great content, I'm really curious, how do you overcome that particular challenge?
0: It is a matter of accepting it within myself.
1: Yeah. Let's, Let's switch a little bit and talk about your book. Um, the title of her book is I'll Do It Myself. Um, and, again, that's by Glenda Watson Hyatt. You can find it on, I believe, Amazon. Uh, you can find it on Amazon. You can also find it on um, her website, which I'll put in the show notes here. Really, what's the what's the premise of the book? And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give some of the context of this particular book. Glenda types with only her left thumb. Um... And so one might imagine that it takes quite a while to write a book with one's left thumb um, as, as the primary means. So whatever, whatever you end up wanting to write about, you got to be really fired up about it because you're, you're going to be at it for a while. It's not like you're going to sit over a weekend and want and done this book, right? So, that's the context that I really want to ask about with this book. So, what's, what's the idea behind the book, and really what got you fired up to, to do it? So, those are two questions premise behind the book, what got you fired up to do it?
0: It took her years to write. I wanted to share my story and hopes it would help others live their lives.
1: So, part of your message is about how people perceive themselves and how they perceive the world around them, right? So it's a lot about perception. Um, I'm really curious. How do you want the world to perceive you?
0: As capable, intelligent.
1: As capable and intelligent. You know, there have been plenty of times where we've been together, and um, I think this is part of the premise of I'll do it myself, but I think it's part of, of what I love about you, even though it's sometimes part of what makes you exceptionally stubborn,
0: <laughs> is, is
1: um, um, people always assume that they need to do things for you, right? Um, and so, no matter what it is, they're like, "Oh, Glenda, like make sure you know Glenda is taken care of." So much, and I've seen you repeatedly, like tell people, "Like I can do it. Like I've got a way to do it." So on and so forth. Um, I'm curious about that because there's there's a bit of that tenacity that I mentioned earlier right that comes up is it like i'm capable i'm intelligent i don't need people to take care of me all the time so it's a part of that but when do you recognize that maybe you're pushing that virtue a bit too much and i i want to say that we all have those virtues those things that that um really make us who we are and you've probably heard in some other podcast here that um I really believe that that virtues are where we find the mean. So, like if we're thinking in terms of bravery, bra- bravery is the moderation between being a coward and being brash, right? And so, sometimes the very things that, that are the virtues of us, like we push too much and um, we, we take it to excess, which could be a, a vice in that way. So, I want to say it's not just Glenda's tenacity and stubbornness, it's just that we all have those things that, that when we use it well, um, it it's really nourishes our life, but sometimes it gets in our own way. So that's more my, what my question's about there, Glenda. I know that's a hard one.
0: I guess recognizing and acknowledging that at times I do need help, like we all do sometimes.
1: So, yeah, we all do need help, and we all do um, have different challenges in our life. So I was thinking about this interview um a few weeks ago because I was at TEDxConcordia here in Portland, and this is, you know, 2014, and there was a lady that was talking about um, how the artistic culture excludes people with disabilities because they don't even think about it a lot. And there's a striking point that she brought out that I hadn't considered, is that at some point in our lives, almost everyone is going to have a disability, right? (laughs) At some given point in time, and whether that's a mental disability whether it's a, um, and granted it was a temporary disability for me because, um, for instance, when I was in high school, I broke my ankle and I was on crutches for like three months, three or four months, and it was a pain in the butt. I had to figure out how to live my life, you know, on crutches, and granted it's not, I'm not trying to compare being on crutches with having cerebral palsy, but it's just one of those things that are times in your life where you recognize that um, you have different levels of ability here, Um, and so, I'm really curious, for someone who has recently developed a disability, or who is going through a temporary disability, do you have any sort of lessons learned, or anything that you would like to share with them about the best way to make that transition? Do
0: your best, and if you find you need help, be brave enough to ask for it.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. That's a recurring theme throughout the Creative Giant show: is having the courage and and, and um, yeah the courage and the humility to ask for help and not try to do it by yourself um, it's because no matter what you're we always need people so sometimes this is just an the side um, Sometimes when I'm talking to people about goal setting what I'll tell them is if you really look at an epic level of success right so we can have moderate success we got small success but when you really look at an epic level of success, if you can achieve that goal, by yourself, it's not epic because you're relying on only your capabilities, only what you can do, and only the world that you see to make that happen. But when you really learn to and lean into the support that other people can give you, that's where the very best results can happen. And that's where um, really you're able to, no matter what what it looks like for you, change the world. Um, but if you're just doing it all yourself, that, that's where you, you get good enough results. Um, and what I'm laughing about here is that on the one hand, we're talking about asking for help. Um, on the other hand, we just talked about her book being I'll Do It Myself. So there's this, there's this tension here, right, uh, between doing what you can by yourself and not being helpless, but also seeing that there are um, virtuous ways to ask for help and there are good ways to ask for help and know- knowing that that's not a sign of being weak as, a, as opposed to a sign of being strong. What do you wish people would ask you more about?
0: What I'm capable of doing
1: and the workarounds that I have created. All right, so what you're capable of. I want to talk about some of those workarounds then. <laughs> um, good. Um, and one of the reasons I want to talk about the workarounds is because we all, I, I like sharing the different strategies and techniques that the different creative giants that I talk about, like how they get it done, right? That's a part of it is um, there's this view that they have it all figured out and it's easy for them, right? Um, well, Glenda might have it figured out, but it's not easy for her, right? Um, so um, let's talk about some of those workarounds. Let's let's look at it. Um, I'm curious about your writing, right? Because you you post um, frequent, more frequently than than other people um, that, that are that are bloggers. So tell us some workarounds that you have around writing that helps you get 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 that part of your career done. I
0: use word prediction software that speeds up my typing slightly and textile software
1: for proofreading. Hmm. I wonder if it speed up my typing too. I hate typing. <laughs> uh, um, you know, as I was looking at your bio and again, because I know some of the things that you've done, um, it's, it's so let me, let me, let me read back some of the things I think you've done and you can let me know if I'm correct. Um, I believe I've seen a picture of you either rafting or whitewater rafting. Is that true?
0: Kayaking.
1: So, okay. So it was kayaking. Um, What are some other crazy things that you've done?
0: Horseback riding, zip lining.
1: Horseback riding and zip lining. (laughs) That's pretty crazy. I know a lot of people who won't do either one. Um, I could, for some reason, Glenda, I could see you parachuting too. Skydiving and parachuting.
0: Yes, that's on my bucket list.
1: Uh, it's on your bucket list. So it's not just good enough that you've mastered like four wheels every day. Like you've, you've got to, you know, get on a kayak and then you got to jump out of a plane. It's a planes, trains, and automobiles, I see. <laughs> yeah, like, no, nah, I'm, I'm going to master all of these modes of transportation. Believe that. Um, so let's talk about your challenge with the stairs, because I know you had a really big um, challenge that you did a couple of years ago. Um, where there was this particular daunting building that you wanted to walk or that you wanted to work your way up the stairs. So tell us a little bit about that and why that was such a big challenge for you.
0: Linda Watson Hyatt, the Rocky Steps in Philadelphia. I watched the scene in the Rocky movie where he ran up the steps and I decided I wanted to do that.
1: What was it about that particular scene and those particular steps that, that got you motivated?
0: I am not really sure, perhaps because it was because it was so beyond what has seemed as typical for me to
1: do. Ah, so you live on that edge of capabilities, I see. <laughs> Let's go back to some of those workarounds, right? Um, because, again, I, 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 I rushed right through that. Um, what I'm curious about is if we had to talk about the three biggest workarounds that, that has increased your quality of life, what, what are those three big workarounds?
0: Word prediction, text to speech, which is most of this interview possible, and my iPad for giving presentations.
1: Alrighty, so we have text prediction, text to speech, and your iPads for giving presentations. Is really the things that have been really good game changers for you? Yeah. yeah. What are you currently working on? Like, what, what's the next? Yeah, what I was thinking about is, Glenda, you're probably the ultimate life hacker. <laughs> Um. Uh, so, so what really are you working on right now that you think is going to make a big difference?
0: Well, today is the first time giving a live interview.
1: Yeah, and that's a, that's a um, that's a really big step too. So, I want to focus a bit on your body of work, um, as much as we can here, um, specifically around um, your motivational speaking and helping people with their fears that keep them from doing things. What do you think are the top? three, maybe five reasons why people are so scared to to um, really push that, that boundary of capability that we all have.
0: They don't know what is on the other side.
1: You mean the good stuff and the bad stuff, or is it just the fear of uncertainty or is it just the uncertainty of not knowing one way or the other? Yeah. Okay, so it's just the uncertainty. So that's one reason. They don't know what's on the other side.
0: They don't believe they can do it.
1: Don't know what's on the side. Don't believe that they can do it. They don't know how. Don't know how. So is that a know how on the sort of knowledge gap in the sense they just don't know how to do it or they don't know how to get themselves to even get started both yeah okay three big reasons there right um don't know what's on the side so that's fear of uncertainty um don't know if they can do it so that's the fear of failure um and then there's I guess two sub reasons, right? One is they don't know how, so that's the fear of uh, sort of that's an ignorance sort of thing. And then there's the fear, the not knowing how to get started. So those are four reasons. So what would you encourage someone to do to take that first step um, past their fear or with their fear, however you would like to talk about that?
0: Find someone else who has done something similar, even if it's reading
1: an article or watching a video. Okay, so find someone who's done something similar. I'm curious, Um, let's talk about your own path, right, Um, with motivational speaking. There are are a lot of speakers out there, Um, not so many speakers with an obvious disability that that might make it challenging to speak. So who are you looking to for counsel on professional speaking that way? There are several
0: people I look up to for advice, for example, Becky McRae, Roger Carville, and many others.
1: Good. Those are, those are some very good people. Some Becky McRae, Roger Corville. or McRae, I should, Becky McRae, Roger Corville. Um Roger, who's a good friend of, of mine here in Portland. So one of the reasons that we have unscripted calls or un, unscripted conversations on the Creative Giant show is because I think that that's where a lot of the magic happens. Um, there's a certain way in which we can script a call, and obviously both of us would have been more comfortable if there were a series of questions and you could have typed them up. Right. Um, but I think there's a, when we're jamming in this way, things come up, um, that are worth talking about. And so, um, what came up is about humor with, um, the challenges that we're going with, going through right now, because or challenges that we're all going through, but um, I've noticed that I was about to say something along, the, uh, along the, the, the lines of, well, how how do you find people who aren't like the blind leading the deaf? But I'm like, ooh, that's a really uncool, like, given the context of the conversation, right? That's a really uncool thing to say. Um, but at the same time, I thought about, like, well, this is Glenda that I'm talking to, and you get where I'm coming from. Like, it's not – I would say that to anyone, which is, of course – should I be saying that? Because is that is that you know even dehumanizing to start with. So, um, I think what made me so nervous about this particular call, right, is because I didn't want to say something to offend you, right? To say something that would um, not really convey how much I respect and am motivated and inspired by you. Um, but at the same time not spend so much time dancing around eggshells like ooh, what can I say what's okay what's not okay it's like in my mind Glinda is a freaking person right she's a person right she's not you know this special class of people over here Um, I think I've either read or heard you talk about that somewhere that like people get so uncomfortable that because they're trying to um, protect you or they're trying to be whatever that, that you get excluded from conversations and you get like people don't talk to you like you're a normal person. Um, am I mistaken that, that I've heard you talk or read or I've heard you either talk or write about that?
0: For me, the intent behind the words is sometimes more important than the words used.
1: Here's the challenge of me being a philosopher is that the problem of other minds is what's so challenging because we tend to, um, <laughs> we tend to, depending upon the context, um, not have intention parity in the sense that we don't assume that other people have the same good intentions that we do. We judge people by their behavior, not their intentions. But when we do stuff, we want people to judge us by our intentions, not our behavior. So there's this lack of parity in, in between there. But yeah, I think that's um, that's a, that's a good point. Um, how do you? I'm just curious. How do you really look at the intention or kind of know where people's coming from on that front?
0: It really depends upon the person and the situation.
1: I know that's a really broad question. Like, I don't know. I've got a long life of of trying to figure this out, Charlie. I can't get it down into a paragraph. I wouldn't, no one would be able to do that. Um, it's just one of those challenges. It's like, it always, there are jokes we might tell with our close friends where we can control the context, right? There are words we might say to our family, um, different subcultures have different words that they can call themselves that if you're not in that subculture you can't call them that right um and so there are all sorts of things like that that are really fascinating to me when we get into communication because really most of the progress and setback that we have lies not in my this is my experience or my my sort of opinion on it it's not about capabilities it's not about intentions it's about communication right (laughs) so many people that um that that we mess the communication parts up, and then everything else goes awry. So um, it's not about capabilities or or intentions, is, is what I say most of the time. Exactly. So I'm going to start wrapping this particular show up, um, and 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 I want you to leave our listeners with with a a few um, a few things to think about, or um, just want you to leave them with a really really good um, message. So. Um, what do you want everyone who listens to this podcast to walk away thinking, feeling or doing?
0: Pick something you have been wanting to do but have been too fearful to do. Go beyond your fears and do it and see how your life changes.
1: So pick something you have been wanting to do but have been too fearful to do. Go beyond your fears and do it and see how your life changes. I like the way you you've phrase that last and see how your life changes. You're not saying that it's going to be good. <laughs> You're not saying it's going to be bad. It's a, there's a sense of curiosity and exploration there that I really like. So, again, this is the Creative Giant Show. I'm your host, Charlie Gilkey, I'm talking to Glenda Watson Hyatt. You can find Glenda at doitmyselfblog.com. You can also find her on Twitter at um, Glenda. W.H. Um, She's quite chatty, um, in case you want to um, connect with her in either one of those two places. Glenda, I really appreciate you having the courage to join us today, and I appreciate that you took the time to um, share your story and remind us that um, I think we all have more capability than we're tapping into, um, and and to um, step beyond those comfort zones. Thanks a lot, Glenda. Thank you, Charlie.